Hello, everybody, and welcome to America's Best of Times. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and twice a week, every Monday and Wednesday, we recall a story from America's past that took place on a given day of that week. And today is no exception. It's time for your daily dose of Americana. We're going to take you back to April 22, 1978, in the Saturday Night Live studio high up in New York City's NBC building when Paul Schaefer's time came to announce a new blues and soul band for their music segment. The band launched into a frenzied tempo, and two performers dressed in black suits with thin black ties, black fedora hats, and Ray-Ban dark sunglasses rushed out amidst loud audience applause, grabbed the microphones, and introduced themselves as the Blues Brothers, Joliet Jake E. Blues and Elwood J. Blues. Already known to SNL fans, as John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. And with Aykroyd making the introductions and Belushi whipping up the already electrified studio audience by cartwheeling, clapping, and singing, they launched into a gutsy version of Hey Bartender, which brought the house down, along with millions of TV viewers who knew they were seeing history in the making. Fans of the show who had been with SNL at their start in 1976 might have recalled Aykroyd and Belushi singing I'm a King Bee, performing as Howard Shore and his all-bee band, wearing bee suits and featuring Dan Aykroyd on harmonica and Belushi on vocals, belting out the blues in a style very much reminiscent of Sam and Dave in 1967 when they performed hits like Gimme Some Lovin' and Soul Man, a Steve Winwood song that Sam Moore is still performing well at last check. And this was no last-minute skit from the back room at SNL. Behind Elwood and Jake, was a top-notch stage band led by Paul Schaefer, who had spent the last two years working with Dan and John to put this whole act together, incorporating the incredible talents of saxophonist Lou Marini and Tom Malone, a former Blood, Sweat and Tears member, guitarist Steve Cropper, and bassist Donald Duck Dunn, both of whom had provided the sound for Booker T and the MGs, as well as almost everything that had come out of Memphis's Stax Records during the 1960s. Belushi and Aykroyd had been performing already for years. Blues was the glue that had brought them together, and blues was the glue that kept them going. They had met, as the story goes, in a dark and dingy club called the 505, owned by young Dan Aykroyd in Toronto in November of 1973. Aykroyd, having finished a day of work performing with Second City, Chicago's famed comedy troupe, which had a second location in Toronto was in the bar at 2 a.m. one morning when a stocky figure rushed in wearing a leather jacket, a white scarf, and a five-point driver's cap of the sort that old cabbies used to wear. The two had met earlier that evening at Second City, and Aykroyd had issued the invite to stop by at the bar. Belushi had been working in New York at the National Lampoon Radio Hour, but was in Toronto scouting talent. The conversation trended to the blues on the jukebox, which was belting out Chicago and Memphis blues. Belushi was a hard rock fan, but he liked this. He asked what group it was. Aykroyd answered, it was a local group, the Downchild Blues Band. Belushi answers, blues, huh? I don't listen to much blues. And there was a brief silence. Then Aykroyd answered, John, you're from Chicago. From that day forward, they were good friends, like brothers. It wasn't long before they would become the Blues Brothers. Fast forward to 1976 in New York and Saturday Night Live. Aykroyd owned another bar, 
the Holland Tunnel Blues Bar, which he had rented not long after joining the cast, and it was common for SNL cast members and weekly hosts to attend the bar after the shows. The jukebox was filled with old Sam and Dave songs, as well as records from the punk band The Vile Tones, so they had something for everybody. Belushi had brought an amplifier and kept instruments on hand for anybody who wanted to play, and it was here that Dan and John carved out their future as the Blues Brothers, and here that Belushi started writing the movie he knew would come. They were singing with local blues bands, perfecting the sound and the stage act. They soon took on a look. The Hats and the Reband Wayfarers, said Aykroyd, were inspired by John Lee Hooker. They also borrowed some of their stage presence from the previously mentioned Down Child Blues Band, which Aykroyd, Canadian by birth, had been familiar with in Ottawa, seeing them at the Hibbo Coffee House there, along with other acts that ranged from Muddy Waters to James Cotton and Otis Spann. Belushi, who was a rock fan, was still making the conversion to blues in Eugene, Oregon during the hiatus between SNL seasons two and three while he was filming Animal House. And it was there that he met Curtis Selgado, the front man for Roomful of Blues and a big name on the Northwest Pacific blues scene. Belushi would visit his act at the Eugene Hotel and he added this act to what he had already learned, putting the final touch on Joliet Jake Blues. The SNL show led to an album, Briefcase Full of Blues, in 1978, and then the movie, The Blues Brothers, directed by John Landis, in 1980. To promote the film, John and Dan, along with John Goodman, performed at halftime at Super Bowl 31, along with ZZ Top and James Brown. The performance was preceded by a stadium news announcement that the Blues Brothers had escaped custody and were on their way to the Louisiana Superdome. The 1980 film, featuring epic car chases with the Bluesmobile and musical performances by legendary Aretha Franklin, James Brown, Cab Calloway, Ray Charles, and John Lee Hooker, to name a few, grossed $57 million, making it the 10th highest grossing movie of 1980. And it all started on that Saturday Night Live stage in New York City back on April 22, 1978. For many of us, that was one of America's best of times. Thanks for joining us at America's Best of Times, where every Monday and Wednesday night at 8 p.m., we release a special story from America's past. Upbeat, fun, interesting, informative. No murder, mayhem, politics, or disasters. You can find that everywhere, every day. And best of all, we're available 24-7 at iTunes Podcast App, Stitcher.com, Podbean, and our terrific host, Audioboom.com, and everywhere else great podcasts are found. We have two other 1001 shows out there, and we encourage you to give them a try. Those are 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries, and 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. America's Best of Times is a proud member of the 1001 Stories Podcast Network, where you can catch all our shows and archives at 1001storiespodcast.com. And we encourage your posts at facebook.com forward slash America's Best of Times. Most of all, we're brand new, and we need your reviews at iTunes. Reviews are needed for new shows like ours to catch on and do well. We'll be back real soon with more of America's Best of Times.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.